The reading is taken from the book of Ruth, chapter 2, verses 4 to 18, and can be found on page 268 of the Church Bibles. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, Whose young woman is that? And the foreman replied, She is the Moabitess who came from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me gleam and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about you, what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you have left your father and mother and your homeland and come to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to an ephah. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law said how much she had gathered. Ruth also bought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, so uh, for those of you who don't know, this is Becky. She's the youth worker here and she's going to be uh, speaking to us tonight about her hero, yep. <laughs> Ruth Naomi Boaz, which is one person, joking. Uh, let's pray for Becky. Would you like to stretch out a hand? Father, we thank you so much for Becky, Lord. We thank you for the words that you've put on her heart for tonight. And we pray that you just still her now, that you calm her, and that she'd speak uh, confidently and boldly of uh, of your words. Bless her, we pray, and open our hearts to what you're going to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you, Pete. And um, good evening, everyone. As as Pete said, I'm Becky, and I'm a youth worker here at St. Saviour's. And it's so great to be speaking to you on a sunny August evening. I was just thinking... um, that one of my favorite things uh, about uh, summer is the long summer evenings that we get to spend chatting with our friends. Um, I know we've chatted already about Focus New Wine, and uh, a few of you might have been to Momentum. Um, I was at Focus. There might be a picture that will come up where I was camping in a second. Um, and one of the things that struck me um, on that week, I've got a few pictures that will come up. I'm a, a visual learner, so it helps me to remember things. Um, 
But one of the things that was such a joy for me was to keep bumping into old friends and to keep hearing from them about what God is doing in their lives. It was, it was a huge encouragement. And as I was thinking through uh, the preaching series this term, which is all about Bible heroes, I was struck by the fact that many of my friends are actually friends. Uh, well, many of my heroes are actually friends. Um, and um, when I looked and thought about the, the character of the Bible that I, I most kind of saw as a hero, I looked at Ruth. Um, and actually, the, Ruth, Ruth, the name Ruth in Hebrew uh, means friend or companion. So I'm really excited tonight to be looking with you at this great Bible hero who is also a great friend. So um, I'm just going to pray before we have a look at the passage. So if you want to join me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book and the person of Ruth. We thank you for what they show us about you. And as we look at them this evening, I pray that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit to encourage us, to challenge us, and to inspire us to live for you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. So, a little bit of background to Ruth. Uh, Ruth, The book of Ruth is positioned after the book of Judges and before the book of Samuel, or before the book of 1 Samuel, and is like today a summer morning after all the judgment and the disobedience and the wars that we see in Judges. Um, When we think of heroes, we might actually initially think of those great war heroes that we see, like... um, in in, in Judges and Samuel, like Joshua and Deborah and Gideon and Samson and David. Um, Yet the book of Ruth is not about war or about miracles. It's about human relationships, about sacrificial love, and about a God who is a refuge, provider, and redeemer for the weak. So the Oxford Dictionary defines a hero as a person who is admired for their courage noble qualities, or outstanding achievements. As I began to look at the book of Ruth, I could see heroic qualities shown not just by Ruth, but by Boaz and Naomi too. I realized that I couldn't look at Ruth as a heroine on her own um, because she's supported so much by others. So I, as Pete said, I am cheating and choosing three heroes rather than just one tonight. Um, but as we look at the book of Ruth together, we'll discover what courage noble qualities and outstanding achievements are shown by Ruth, Boaz and Naomi, what they can teach us about how we can live and also what they can teach us about God. So just a little bit of background, the story um, of Ruth up until this passage, which Nikki read so beautifully, um, is um, that Israel had experienced a famine and so a man called Elimelech had left his hometown in Bethlehem with his wife Naomi and his two sons and they went to live in Moab. Now, some commentators had looked at this and described the decision maybe as a lack of trust in God by Elimelech, that he'd decided to leave God's people and make his own way in the world. Uh, while he was in Moab, his two, daughter, his two um, sons married Moabite women, which was also against the Jewish teaching. And these two women were Orpah and Ruth. After they'd lived there about 10 years, Elimelech and his two sons died, leaving Naomi and her, daughter-in-laws, her daughters-in-law as widows. Naomi then decides to go back to Bethlehem, but encourages her daughter-in-laws to stay and to go and live with their families in Moab. However, Ruth refuses to leave. She commits to staying with Naomi. So the two women then travel to Bethlehem and start a new life there. With very little money for food, Ruth decides to glean the fields. 
Now, this was a Jewish custom where the owners of fields would allow um, the poor to follow the harvesters, um, picking up the leftover grain with the um, sheaves that were behind them. So, with that background in mind, let's have a look at this passage which we read this evening, and let's see where we can spot the characteristics of a hero. Courage, noble qualities, and outstanding achievements. So, first of all, looking at courage... Ruth shows courage in her choice to leave Moab. We read in verse 11 as Boaz speaks to Ruth, you left your father and your mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. It took courage to leave what was familiar, what was secure, where she had a greater chance of remarrying and instead took the risk of going to live in a new culture because of her love and commitment to her mother-in-law, Naomi. In thinking of that kind of courage today, the people who may come to mind are missionaries who learn a new language and move to a distant land because of their commitment to sharing the gospel. Or we may think of refugees who've left their homes because of war and are committed to bring their children to safety. We may think of soldiers who leave their homeland because of their commitment to serve their country. But as Christians, we've all experienced a leaving of our homeland to take refuge under the wings of our God, as Ruth did in verse 12. As we put our trust in Christ, we find a new homeland in him that is more secure and eternal than any earthly home. And there are times when we need to act with courage by choosing to live in a way that points to our God and his home, rather than fitting in with those around us. So we all have opportunities daily to act with the courage of Ruth. Then if we look at Boaz, he also shows courage in reaching out to Ruth, crossing social and cultural barriers to speak to her, to help her, and to protect her, as we see in verses 8 and 9. Boaz points towards Jesus, who came not just for the Jewish people, but for the Gentiles too, whose love for people caused him to cross barriers of wealth, gender, race, and status to bring them to himself. Boaz meets with Ruth, offering her bread to eat. Yet Jesus met with the Samaritan woman at the well, offering her streams of living water, the Holy Spirit. So do we have our eyes open for opportunities to bring God's streams of living water to all people? This week, we've already mentioned we've got our Trekkers Holiday Club, which I know some of you are helping with. Uh, But what an opportunity to love and serve and be blessed by children who may have very different lives from our own. And then if we look at Naomi, she also shows courage in returning to Israel after being away in Moab for many years. When she left Israel, she had a husband and two sons, and now she's returning, having lost all three of them. She had to face her past. How would people react? What memories would it bring up? How would she survive there? In chapter 1, verse 19, we read people's reactions. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, can this be Naomi? I bet we've all heard that kind of comment before, whether for real or just in our imaginations. For many of us, facing our past can require a lot of courage. It's sometimes easier to go away to the unknown and exciting places than to go home. I know I found it pretty scary coming back to Guildford to work at St. Saviour's. 
which is the church I grew up in, and now to find myself here doing this tonight. Yet by his grace, when we ask for his help, God does go with us, and he gives us the courage we need. So we've seen that Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi showed courage in very different ways, but all of them, the courage that they had enabled them to help one another and to join in with God's amazing plan. So next, let's look at noble qualities. Ruth shows humility and respect as she asks to glean the fields in verse 7 and as she greets Boaz in verse 10. She shows kindness to Naomi and loves her as we read in chapter 4, verse 15, for your daughter-in-law who loves you. But most significantly, Ruth shows loyalty to Naomi, a commitment that reflects the way God makes a covenant with us. We read in chapter 1, verse 16, some of the most famous verses in Ruth. She says, Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. How often do we see that kind of commitment in relationships? Commitment is something which is not always valued by our society. It's something which is seen as, it was seen as something which holds us back or takes away our freedom. However, we see in Ruth a commitment that is motivated by love. In all relationships, it can be easy to show commitment when things are going well or when there are benefits for us. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to reflect the covenant that God has with us by showing commitment to each other that is motivated by love and is sacrificial. The passage shows us that God sees Ruth's commitment and honors her. In verse 11, we read Boaz speaking to her. I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. And in verse 12, he prays, May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have taken refuge. And then if we look at Boaz, he shows noble qualities in how he treats his workers. We read in verse 4 that he comes out into the fields to meet his harvesters, and he prays for them, saying, The Lord be with you. In what ways can we pray for our colleagues and employees? When we enter our workplaces, we bring God's presence with us. Do we act and speak in a way that brings the Lord to them? I was really encouraged by a speaker at Focus who said whenever he entered a shop, he would pray that he'd bring the glory of God into that shop. And people noticed. The shop owner said, something changes every time you come in here. How amazing would that be for our workplaces? And Boaz, when he um, arrives at the field, he not only prays for his workers, but he sees Ruth and speaks kindly to her in verse 8. His example challenges us to see the new person, to make sure that they are welcomed. Boaz also offers protection to Ruth, asking his workers to look out for her. He's generous in providing her with water, food, and extra sheaves in verse 15. In what ways can we show kindness and generosity towards those who unexpectedly cross our paths. Boaz also demonstrated his words with his actions. He understood God's laws about gleaning. 
In Leviticus 19, verse 9 to 10, it says, When you reap your harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field and gather the gleanings of the harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. So Boaz honoured this law and made sure that Ruth was protected as she gleaned his fields. He showed her what the God of Israel under whose wings she had taken refuge, was like by offering her protection. And thirdly, if we look at Naomi, she shows noble qualities too. At the beginning of the book, she, um, we see that Naomi doesn't control or guilt her daughters and lord into coming with her, but releases them in love. So Orpah returns home. But when Ruth refuses to leave, Naomi receives her company gratefully. But we also see in Naomi a desire to go back to Israel, to return to God and to fellowship with his people. As Christians, we need fellowship with a church family and to worship God together. We are called to come back to God when we have been away from him. And Naomi's return to Israel points towards the story that Jesus told called the prodigal son, where the son comes home into his father's arms And God's arms are open to Naomi as she returns. He welcomes and provides for her through Ruth and Boaz. So we've looked at how these characters have shown courage. We've seen how they've shown noble qualities. But what about outstanding achievements, or maybe in Christian terms, a fruitful life? So we look at Ruth. When she arrives in Bethlehem, she takes the initiative to make her new life. We read in verse 2. Let me go out into the fields and pick up the leftover grain. We see she works hard in verse 7. She went into the fields and has worked steadily from morning until now, except for a short rest in the shelter. And we see that she does have a successful day in verse 17. Then she threshed the barley that she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah, which is about 13 kilograms. She carried it back into town, And her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. So we're encouraged by Ruth that our work is not separate from our spiritual lives. As in Colossians 3, verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. If we look at Boaz, he clearly runs a successful business with many fields and employees working in them. And in this passage, we see how he uses his influence to help others by showing his workers how to respect Ruth and to look out for her. We read in verse 15, As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some of the stalks from the bundles and leave them there for her to pick up, and don't rebuke her. It's a challenge for us in how we use our influence to help others. And then looking at Naomi, from a worldly perspective, Naomi's life may not look full of outstanding achievements. At this point in the story, she has very little money and has lost her family. Yet God works in her life to bring about his redemptive purposes for her family, for the nation of Israel, and for all mankind. 
We see God's redemption in the way Boaz acts as a kinsman redeemer for her and Ruth. This is slightly later in the passage, um, after the passage we read. But what, what this meant was that Boaz was able to buy back Naomi's husband's land, and he was able to marry Ruth. And if you have time to look into it, it's amazing how Boaz fits all the requirements of the law to be the kinsman redeemer for um, Ruth and for Naomi. And in the same way, Christ fulfills all the requirements in the law to be our redeemer and to rescue us from our sins. So Boaz is a kind of type of Christ pointing towards him. We also see God's redemption later in the book where Naomi receives a grandson, Obed, through Ruth and Boaz. Now, Obed was the grandfather of David, the great king of Israel and hero that Mike talked about last week. And through David's line came the real great king, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who came not only to redeem Israel, but the whole world. In the last verses of chapter 4 of Ruth, we, um, we read that the woman, who may have been the same ones at the beginning of the book, who said, Is this Naomi? Now say to her, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son. We, like Naomi, have a God who has not left us without a kinsman redeemer. And he is our Lord Jesus Christ, our great hero. He is the one who renews our life and sustains us. So, although having looked at these three heroes, God is the real hero of the story. We've seen so clearly through the story that he is sovereign, working out his plan in difficult circumstances and through unexpected people. He is faithful, providing for the needs of his people. He is a refuge for the poor, the widow, and the foreigner. And he is a great redeemer, bringing salvation to individuals, families, nations, and the whole world through Jesus. And amazingly, like Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi, he calls us to work with him, to join in with his purposes on earth. So to sum up this evening, we've looked at how we can be heroes of great courage, who are prepared to go wherever God leads us, whether it be distant lands among people we did not know before, like Ruth, or back to our homeland, like Naomi. To have courage as we choose to live in a way that points to our God and to his home, rather than fitting in with those around us. To have courage in crossing social and cultural boundaries to show people God's love. We've also seen how we can be heroes with noble character, showing humility and commitment to one another that reflects God's commitment to us. To pray for our colleagues and show generosity towards those who unexpectedly cross our paths. And when we have wandered away to return to our God, taking refuge under his wings and fellowshipping with his people. And finally, we've discovered how we can lead fruitful lives by taking the initiative, working hard for the Lord, by using our influence to help others, 
And when we don't see the fruit in our lifetime, by putting our trust in Ruth's great descendant, the, our great redeemer, Jesus, who said in John 15, verse 5, if a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's take refuge in our sovereign God, who is our faithful provider and great redeemer, and who also calls us his friends. And this week, let's go out to be heroes of courage, noble character, living fruitful lives by the power of the Holy Spirit and for his glory. Amen. Thank you, Becky. What we're going to do now is uh, I'd like you to, uh, to turn to the uh, people around you, maybe in twos or threes. I'd love you to talk about what you feel uh, God has been speaking to you about tonight, uh, particularly. Can we have that last slide back up, please, just with all of those, different, uh, those four different things? Um, and just to, to chat about, uh, about what you feel God was uh, speaking to you about as Becky was speaking, and then to pray into that uh, for this coming week. Um, and as, uh, after, after that, we're gonna, we've got some, um, some little sheaves of wheat that we've, uh, that we've printed out and, uh, and a pen. How exciting. And what I'd like you to do is I'd, I'd like you just to write some of those things down. Uh, what, what you feel God has been speaking to you about, maybe particular things you'd like to, uh, to pray more about over the coming week. And then we're going to, at the end, at the end of that time, um, so we're going to pray together in, in twos or threes. Then we'll get these uh, sheaves of wheat that come out with a pen and just to write those things down there. And I'd like you to bring them up and put them by the cross as a way of symbolizing the harvest of our hearts, that actually these are the things that we want to give to God and we want to bring to him, uh, and, uh, just as, 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 uh, as we, want to, uh, we want to commit our lives to him, we want to commit these situations to him, we want to bring the first fruits to him of that. So just to, to honor him and give those right at the beginning. Is that clear? So we're going to start off twos and threes, chatting and praying about what God's been speaking to us about, and then the sheaves of wheat will be uh, distributed with pens that you can write those things down and then bring them up to the cross. Okay, off we go.